Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Megan Misako Haley. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, after graduating from Brigham Young University, she made her national tour debut as Nessa Rose on the second national tour of Wicked and most recently could be seen touring the U.S. as Gretchen on the Mean Girls tour. Please welcome Megan Misako Haley. How are you? Good, how are you? Doing good. Thank hey. you for joining me on this today. I'm excited yes, to have you on. Thanks for thinking of me. Of course, I was supposed to see Mean Girls before this whole talk <laughs> like, of theater went down, and I was so excited. So I was heartbroken that like everything happened and that it got postponed like indefinitely but well hopefully we make it back out someday <laughs> i hope so i hope i'm so. not too old <laughs> you won't be no <laughs> no it'll be great and everyone will get to see the show and i'm gonna be excited so you're gonna be back so anyways how have you been this time has been weird how have you been like getting through this time period um i mean pretty lucky like my husband has like a regular person job so at least like rent is paid and have food so no stress there but um uh it's been hard I guess I I mean I keep saying that theater people are so resilient because like there's so many online ways of like people have figured it out online people have figured out virtual things virtual concerts and it's yeah I've done some like classes and stuff, not a whole lot. I'm uh, I'm not a very confident teacher all the time. So oh, I've done I, it a few times. It's really fun, but sometimes I feel like maybe I'm not qualified. But I feel like you are qualified because you have so much to offer because you have like real life experience, you know? I can give you my opinion on things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like people like hearing from people who have experience in like, in the career path they want to go into already so yeah it's fun to see so many young people on the internet really going for it I wish I had access to any of this when I was in middle school I would have never left the computer (laughs) true true so speaking of that have you always known that you wanted to be a theater performer um I mean I guess for a while but when I was really little I wanted to be like a pop star okay so (laughs) closely yeah so basically I wanted to be Britney Spears I feel like her first album came out when I was maybe like kindergarten or first grade (laughs) and like it was one of the first albums I bought with my own money and I was like oh I want to be Britney Spears (laughs) absolutely and Spice Girls I definitely was like I think I could be a Spice Girl I might be Britney Spears, but you know, that's like a hard thing to want to do as like an elementary school kid. But then in middle school, I am some family, a family friend was doing a children's theater production. And then I was like, are you kidding me? These are kids that are singing on a stage and people are in the audience. Like, this is how you get an audience. (laughs) Like this, this. I was like, this could help me, you know, relay into my pop stardom, getting my stage experience. So I auditioned for the next um, children's theater production, which was Guys and Dolls. And I was absolutely in the ensemble, did nothing. I was like walked on stage. But like after that, I was like, oh, I I really, really love this. 
You're like, you get a pause just for being on stage. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, a children's theater audience is like the warmest audience. You like, you can't really do a whole lot wrong. It's everyone is so happy to be there. Exactly. I feel like that's a strange show for theaters, children, for children's theater though. For middle schoolers. You know what? I love guys and dolls. I, I can't imagine it was great. (laughs) I feel like normally like someone's like first show you know is like along the lines of like Annie nowadays Matilda I guess yeah like that kind of thing. um they definitely did other things like that and my second show was the whiz which is like Ooh. so funny to me there's like a bunch of middle schoolers doing the whiz Ooh. I was definitely a dancing monkey Ooh. one of my favorite roles speaking of speaking of dancing growing up how did you work on becoming a well-rounded theater performer. Um, I a little bit feel fraudulent even saying that. <laughs> I um, I don't really consider myself like a a dancer, which um, so like I didn't really dance growing up a lot. Uh, I mostly saw myself as like I'm a singer and I'm doing theater to get an audience. Then I discovered I really loved acting. Um, I feel like. I started actually training in dance when I got to college. Okay. Um, and even then I feel like my professors were like really hard on me and really mean. I was like the one kid who, kid, I was a college student. I was the one person who like had to retake ballet and tap like a thousand times because they like would not pass me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, which is funny because I, so I think it kind of gave me like a bad, like bad self-esteem about dance and so like it's something that I wouldn't necessarily advertise myself as such but with Mean Girls it's something I've just practiced a lot like I auditioned I auditioned for Gretchen quite a few times so I had time to be like okay I'm gonna work on this dance I'm gonna memorize this choreography so the next time that there is an audition for this like I know what it is I know what it feels like it's not gonna feel like the first time learning in the room because I'm gonna like really really work on this choreo which is crazy because I think the first time I saw Mean Girls, I was like, oh, I can't play that part. Wait, yeah, because I won't, I can't do the dance. Sure. Like I saw I saw Ashley Park do the, the dance break and I was like, well, oh well. <laughs> but hey, you got it down and you you obviously have rhythm and you obviously are a fast learner. Um, you know, I think a lot of it just comes from practice and like working on your confidence. Because I think in, when you're not confident in something, that's, it shows really easily on your face. And I think like by the time that I actually booked the role, I was actually feeling confident that like I could do the dance. I knew what it was. I knew it was in my body. Nothing was so technical that it was outside of my skill set. I think before in audition situations, I would just get so flustered. And so I think it's really something that just takes practice. I mean, I do have like quite a few years of like technical training. <laughs> But I don't think I had the confidence coming to New York necessarily until I actually got the show. I feel like the practice part is important because mm-hmm. because some people watching like might like go see shows and be like, oh, well, like all these people are like, they're naturally talented in dance. They're naturally gifted <laughs> in dance. And they're like, okay, well, since I don't have rhythm, like I don't have any rhythm. I could never dance on stage. Like I, I, I couldn't learn, but like it's practice. It is. Oh, you totally could. Because also just know like in choir, I got a tambourine solo taken away from me because I didn't have rhythm. Like it, all of it just takes practice. Yep. You know? 
And I think it just comes from doing it over and over and over again. So where you went to college at, at Brigham Young University? Is mm-hmm. that, did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Why did you choose to go there? And what did you learn there that like helped kickstart your career? Um, I initially went to Elon University in North Carolina for my first year of college. Um, I auditioned at a bunch of schools. I like, first of all, decided very late in the game that I was like, okay, I'm gonna actually do this. I think I had a lot of fear and a lot of just like sad, angsty teen energy for a lot of high school. And then uh, my like fall semester of my senior year of high school, I went to New York with my mom and we saw some shows and I was just like, no, 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 I have to, I have to do this. So I kind of had no idea how any of it worked and so I I honestly just picked like 10 random schools like I just looked them up on the internet um I had wanted to go to BYU anyway just because like I am LDS also so it's a it's a church school I am still figuring out my own spirituality like at this exact moment but at that moment in my life I was like I want to go to BYU just to be around church people um and I actually didn't get into the program Really? The first time. Mm-hmm. So Which I was like really devastated. Um, and I'd gone to a couple other programs. I'd visited Elon's campus. I really liked it there. It was actually like my second choice of all the schools I auditioned for. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just go to Elon and do that. Um, and then after my first semester, I was like, you know, I think I should want to try auditioning for BYU again, just to like see what happens because I still feel like I want to go there. And I auditioned again, I got in the second time and then I transferred. So I don't think I necessarily transferred for the program, but I just feel like I wanted to go there for like other personal reasons, which not, I would say like most people probably don't have those personal reasons to want to go there, but I do feel like I got like a, a good education and I met my husband there and that's not true. I actually met my husband in North Carolina at Elon, but we Aww. met him a second time at BYU. <laughs> Hey, things happen for a reason, though. Yeah, honestly, if I think about it, if I had never gone to Elon the first time, I probably would never have met him. And so here we are. (laughs) That's crazy. And now you're an alumni at BYU and people are like, oh, well, she's successful, so I can be successful, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that must feel cool to be like, okay, well, I'm like someone who like, I, I proved that like you can do it. I mean, still sometimes feels like I'm still in the process of that, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's true. So for people, this is a tough time for people who are auditioning for schools in musical theater. Do you mm-hmm. have any advice? Because I feel like it's like, so like the audition process for these schools are tough. Right. Um, I know it's probably super different from when I did it. Um. I think, I mean, I don't know what what you would do now with COVID and stuff, but I do feel that like the schools that I actually went to the campus and could like see a class and like meet faculty ended up being the schools at the top of my list of like my personal favorites. And obviously you can't afford, like it's super expensive to do this, unfortunately. Like it's really slanted against you. You can't, if you don't have the money to do it, but Um, if you're really serious about a school, I would say like, definitely go to the campus if you can to like get a feel for it. Because like, 
everyone knows like, yeah, University of Michigan is a great school, but you might go there and be like, oh, I don't know if this is the right fit for me. You might find a different school or a smaller school. It may feel like, oh, this could really be my home. That is no dig at University of Michigan. It is an incredible school. I didn't know enough about musical theater to audition there because I thought Michigan would be too cold. So I just crossed it off my list. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Do you live in New York now? I do. So it's like you're now in a cold place. Right. I grew up in California. <laughs> um, I heard about windchill factors in the Midwest and was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm out. I, I honestly crossed off like every school in the Midwest that was like on that long list of musical theater colleges because of that. Like, honest, don't do that. Definitely. Definitely look at the whole picture when you're looking at colleges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard Michigan's gorgeous in the winter. I mean, I know so many people who have gone there and it's an incredible school, incredible program. <laughs> Don't let the weather deter you, but it is a factor. <laughs> I was going to say, so Minnesota was out from the, like, before Never. Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota was way out. Yeah. So in 2015, you made your national tour debut with Wicked. How insane was that? When was the first time you got to watch Wicked? And did you like ever picture yourself in the show? Um, the first time that I saw Wicked was, I'm trying to think. Okay. So the first time I, I remember exactly what I was doing the first time I ever heard Wicked, the, the, the cast recording, Ooh. which was in my seventh grade theater class. Um, our teacher would like start every class with like a listening section where we would just like listen to like a couple songs from a different musical and like write what we thought the show would be about. And I remember listening to Wicked and being like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? This is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, and so I think I saw it shortly thereafter at the, they have a, they had a San Francisco production. So I saw it probably in eighth grade, I think. And like, it was love at first sight. It was my fav most favorite musical. Um, I think that I, I mean, like I literally did songs from this and talent shows. Me and my best friend were like sitting in my mom's bathroom singing Wicked, like all <laughs> being total What's theater. Um, I don't know if I thought I would ever be in it. Like, I don't think at the time I was like, I don't know if I want to be a professional actor anyway. And I don't know if I necessarily saw myself in it. Um, and when like the audition came around for it, I was like, oh, Nessa Rose, like I could be Nessa yeah. Rose. I think like the idea of like Alphabet seemed really overwhelming to me, especially as like a new, freshly graduated. In general, it's overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, like it is not for the faint of heart. It's like, okay, maybe you can sing Alphabet once could you do it eight times a week it, it I mean for months not that it is insane like eight times a week for more than a year most yeah um so I was like oh I hadn't really thought about Nessa though I think more in my mind I thought maybe someday if they ever let me play Glinda I would love to play Glinda but like I I wasn't like seriously considering it um and then it just like all kind of fell together or like I auditioned for it. And then we had a couple callbacks and some work sessions. And all of a sudden I got a phone call and I was like, I can't believe I'm gonna get to be in the show that like started it all for me. So That's, it was kind of crazy. Definitely like a, a dream job. Like a full circle moment. Yeah. Kind of, because it's like most people's like first like actual like, oh, I love musical theater moment, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and then I got to play 
San Francisco in the same theater and oh. like my whole family got to come and it was really magical. It was so, so cool. Oh my goodness, that's literally full circle. I love that. Oh my gosh, sorry, my dog is barking <laughs> in the background. Ch Chihuahuas. Cute. Do you remember the first cast you saw in Wicked? Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was Eden Espinosa. And I want to say that like, I, we had an understudy, Glinda. It, it's hard. I actually have, I think I have the playbill somewhere at my parents' house in like a box of treasures. Um, but I, I did see Dee Dee Magno Hall and she's one of the other Asian Nessa Roses. I was going to say, do you remember the Nessa you saw? Yeah. I do, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I saw it again later when a tour came through as a senior in high school as well. Wow. I can't remember exactly who that was though, but pretty sure, was, you know what? Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was Eden Espinosa. I was very impressed. I mean, as an eighth grader. I mean, most people are by like the talent in that show. <laughs> it's it's yeah. always insane. Wicked does great and they've been around for so long because of all the talent. Yeah, that they wanted to be in that show. So Nessa is a character that like really changes the most throughout Wicked. I feel like mm -hmm. it like she goes through a whole journey. What was the most challenging part about playing that role and like going from like innocent like sweet Nessa to like the beginning of Act Two Nessa? That's like I feel like she is the wicked one in the show, kind of. Right. Um, I think one of the hardest parts about Nessa is that that transformation, like the majority of it happens off stage. So like we don't get to see every, you know, step towards where, where she ends up at the end of her life. Um, but I think that it's important to like set up little like Easter eggs, little hints of being like a little snappy. Okay, we're back. And then being like a little jealous, but she's so calm and beautiful and perfect. Um, because there is like limited stage time and limited uh, lines to even have that arc. And so I think just like not throwing away any line, every single word has to have a reason to be there because there's not a ton to work with. I mean, that's true. Yeah. I've always found it interesting since I've seen the show that the Wicked Witch of the East song isn't on the soundtrack. <laughs> Did that, do you think that helped you? Or do you think that was a pro when you like got, like when you started to play Nessa that like you didn't listen, that wasn't one of the songs you listened to over and over again on the soundtrack? Um, I think that it actually is helpful because it helps you make your own choices. And I remember during the audition process, Super fans on the internet have already done this for us, which is where they make compilations. Yes. <laughs> and I remember just getting to sit through and watching like 20 different women do this part. And then, um, and one of them was even like a woman I had just worked with in Chicago. Um, she played Nessa in the Chicago, um, Heidi Kettenring. She played Nessa in the Chicago production of Wicked for many years. And I got to like watch her, her bootleg. <laughs> It, but um, I got to like listen to all these women, this the sound and the emotion behind it, and like the different choices that were made. But not not any one of those choices was so engraved in my head that like I had to do it that way, or I couldn't hear it another way. So I think that was kind of a fun thing of getting to like see what people have done with it, see what feels right for me, 
and then go from there and then like never really think about a cast recording ever again. Yeah, and the special part about like theater is making roles your own, I feel like as an actress. Mm -hmm. How did you really bring yourself to the character of Nessa, especially I feel like more of the first act because I don't see you being at all like the second act, Nessa. <laughs> um, I think that she's someone who um, is compensating for a lot, right? She's like, okay, I have this disability. It's for all these reasons, but I don't have to think about that because I'm, I'm my dad's favorite. So like, I have to be perfect and I'm going to be great. And like, um, and I think that actually those things lead to her cracking and, and becoming this person who she is in act two. And so all of those are kind of wrapped up together of like how someone's neuroses can lead them to like a really dark, sad place where there's so much projection because of how she feels about herself and how she never really accepted or loved herself as she was. So I, I think that that's a really human feeling. Obviously not everyone has it on the same scale, but I feel like it's hard to be kind when you hate yourself so much. I mean, it takes a toll. Yeah, I feel like that that hurts people's people at their souls. So I think that's something that's really human. And like, I think every person on this planet has probably felt that at times where like you lash out at someone because of how it makes you feel about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, I'm curious because it took me a while to notice this. Did you know that Nessa was in the first uh, song <laughs> scene of the show at first? I, I had no idea until I showed up for my costume fitting. <laughs> you were like, oh my goodness. I'm I was like, oh, I have like, a f it's crazy. The, the costumes at Wicked are over the top. And yeah. I remember putting on this costume being like, I have like a full knee length custom made, like, like very fancy boot that is like then covered completely completely covered by this like giant coat dress like none of <laughs> um but yeah I had no idea of being it it was really exciting that was probably one of the scariest parts of doing the show at first because when you're entering a show that's already up you your rehearsal is basically in a room with your stage manager and maybe a dance captain. So like no one else is there. And like the dance captain's like, great. And then you're gonna cross to Jake and give Jake a hug. And then Michael's gonna take you and twirl you around in a circle. But like, none of those people are there and you don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> anyway, like you just got there. Like, you, I don't know who Jake is. <laughs> like, okay, but I'm supposed to jump into his arms. Okay, cool. I guess I'm just gonna hope that he's there because I won't know which face he is. Because then also once you do start to get to know people's faces, they put on masks and hats and like yeah. crazy costumes. Um, which was as like a, a mover mover, that was really scary for me. Um, but then you get into the, into the show and it's really fun. So. I feel like you don't notice how obnoxious the Wicked costumes are. Like they're amazing, but like they're so over the top, as you said, until you sit in like row A or B watching the show and you're like, the hats like are they're incredibly view. detailed. And they obstruct your view too if you're sitting in like the front rows. Oh, absolutely. And like some of them do. Like I, these dancers are incredible because imagine having to do like pirouettes in an asymmetrical dress with like a ten pound bustle on one side. I, I mean, <laughs> like I don't know how they do it. I can't even move in like these clothes. So like, yeah, you and me both. 
So it wouldn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> you have a favorite costume from the show, whether you wear it or not? Um, let me think. I think one of my favorite costumes for Wicked is um, a, an ensemble member called Cigarette Track. And Ooh. she has this incredible, like, slinky green gown that she wears in, uh, in Emerald City. It was like Oz, the Emerald City. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she has, like, this long cigarette, like, on a stick. And she has, like, this amazing, like, head, like, like sunglasses, all of it. And I just feel, I think she just... I don't even think she dances very much in it. She just like comes out and like looks incredible. Yep. And like, <laughs> goes back. She looks like she's like voguing, I think. Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite costumes in the whole show. I feel like people are like so quick to be like, okay, I'm gonna be Elphaba for Halloween, but it's like, why don't you want to be one of, the, one of the ensemble members for Halloween? Like their costumes are great. Yeah. It's amazing. If you could have played any other character or if you could go back and play any other character in Wicked, who would you play? Um, I think it would be so fun to be Glinda. I could see it. You know, I think that like her whole thing is so, she's so funny. Um, has, she has amazing costumes. Um, yeah, I think it'd be really fun to be Glinda. I think it'd be fun to be anyone in the show, honestly. It's such a fun show. It's such a dream. Yeah, and speaking of it being a fun show, it's been around since 2003. What do you think has made it one of the most popular shows in the theater world? Um, I think Wicked has done a really good job. All the designers did such a good job at just making these like visual snapshots. So like when you think of Wicked, like you see the bubble come down, you see all the lights in the Emerald City and the green and like all of the people posing. And then like, you can see like Alphaba like up in the sky. Like there's so many flashpoint moments where you're like, whoa. And like, it's honestly breathtaking. And sometimes I think I would forget that being on stage and every once in a while I get to like see it from the side again and be like, oh wow, that actually is really incredible. Like every single night watching Alphaba like go up and like the it's funny from the back sometimes you're like how is this amazing and then you sometimes get to see it from the front if you're in the audience or like for whatever reason you're like oh right this is like one of the most iconic musical theater moments of all time like Elphaba's singing Defying Gravity up in the air with all the lights and the costumes and the wind all of it um and so I think like that com combined with like a really human story and like really fun music and incredible belting has just made it last. And I think it'll be around for a long time. I forgot, or I should know this. Are you as Nessa on stage during Defying Gravity or no? No. No, okay, so you're getting ready for act two during that. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was, I was gonna be like, what's it like uh, what, doing like this and like, <laughs> do you get, did you get to like hear it in your dressing room? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, okay. so you were like, okay, pause, got yeah. it. Gotta like give yeah. us ovations in my alphabet. Yeah, I mean, I can't, they're so incredible. Every alphabet, like what a gig. It's so hard. Yup. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm on stage for maybe like 20 minutes of the whole show. Hey. What a gig. Honestly, loved it. It was so fun. I got to be my favorite show. Uh, yeah. You know what? I got to sing my song. <laughs> I die in the second scene in act two. But you're still going on stage eight times a week. And yeah, it, that takes a um, lot. Yeah, it was super fun. And then I got to like mess around in my dressing room and make silly videos and do whatever I wanted for the rest of the night. Love that, love that. And then you got you got standing ovations during during curtain calls. So it's like, yep. 
it was a it was a great gig you loved your pop star moment at curtain call <laughs> <laughs> so most recently you were you were on the tour with Mean Girls, as I mentioned at the beginning. Mm -hmm. How did you get the role in Mean Girls? What was your audition like? Um, I had started auditioning for Mean Girls uh, for like the the industry workshop that they did. So okay. like before a Broadway show opens, they'll do just like, this is just for the creative team to like try new lines or try choreography or change songs. Um, and so I auditioned for Katie for the workshop which didn't go anywhere. I was like, okay, that's fine. I love Mean Girls, obviously. Like that came out like when I was maybe in seventh or eighth grade. So like, it was like, oh, this is going to be high school. It was like such a huge part of like me being a young person. Um, then later they needed uh, a Gretchen for the DC production. Okay. And I auditioned for that and didn't, no, so sorry. Tried to get an audition for that and they wouldn't see me. <laughs> Okay. And I was like, okay, that's fine. My agents were like, yeah, we don't know. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Um, and then like a year later, they wanted a standby for the Broadway production for Gretchen and Regina in an audition for that. And I was like, I nailed that, didn't get it. Uh, and then I auditioned for the Broadway replacement. And I was like, nailed that, didn't get it. Um, and then I auditioned for the tour and all the stars aligned and it was great. And I was so grateful to be with Mariah and Jonalyn. Like our connection on stage, I just feel like was so special. And like, you can't even really hope for or plan that. Yeah. Especially like we don't audition together. So like, it just happened to be like the three of us are like just as tight off stage as on stage. And like, it's was such a dream come true. And it probably helped that the, that the uh, creative team had seen you before in audition. So they probably had your name, like, okay. Absolutely. He's gonna and fit. then like the, the casting director for Mean Girls, you know, she casts a lot of things um, in New York. And so like I had, I've auditioned for Hamilton probably like 10 times. So like sure, her and I, like we know yeah. each other. She knows what I can do. Like she keeps bringing me and she's like, I feel like every time I would see her, she'd be like, like I could see you know, I was like, it's yeah. not going to be this time, but like, you're not doing bad work. You're doing good work. Like I felt confident that every time I was going in that I was doing good work. It just like, wasn't my time at that exact second. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, but I, this was going to be a question later on, mm -hmm. but since it kind of fits here, how do you work when you're going in for auditions that many times and you get to know at that moment, but get, like get brought back later and like keep going back. How do you work on the self-confidence when you go into the audition room later to audition for the same part? Um, I feel like, I don't wanna say this, but I feel very confident in what I do. I know that I work hard at it. I know I'm good at what I am and what I bring to the table. And so it's kind of like, as long as I am prepared and I have worked on the material, I've done as much research as I can do, and I've practiced, like anything that happens in the audition room, I'm not super concerned about. Like, I don't feel bad that like I did bad because honestly there's there's a hundred different variables that I have no control over. Yeah. So the only times like I feel bad about an audition or feel self-conscious is if like I didn't put in the time to work on it which has happened before and like sometimes especially when you first get to the city like you might have to work multiple jobs and be not sleeping very much and like 
there were auditions where I was like, I simply did not have enough time with this material to like learn it. Or I made a stupid choice to like, why don't I sing something completely brand new the day of like, why would it, you learn this very quickly of like, do the things that you've practiced and you've worked on because those are what is going to best represent who you are. Anyway, so all that to say is I, I don't feel like it's personal when you don't book something, especially if I'm like, look, like I know that I'm right for this role. I can sing it. I can act it. Like I'm going to keep working on it, but I know that I'm, I'm not not getting it because I'm not talented, if that makes sense. It's like everything has to kind of align and it's like in the create the casting people are mm-hmm. probably thinking, okay, who is going to fit best on stage together in the cast at the moment? Right. And like, there's honestly like some, like some, there's some things I've auditioned for that like celebrities have gotten, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, there's some things you audition for and you're like, oh, they had already cast that yesterday, but they just didn't cancel my appointment. Or there's some things that you can audition for and be like, oh, I feel like that was a waste. I don't feel like I'm right for that. And then that casting director might call you in for the perfect job the next day. Like nothing's ever wasted. And I think as long as you're going in prepared, then I don't think that you can, you should feel bad about any of it. Exactly, exactly. I agree. So what was your reaction when you heard that you got Gretchen on the tour? Um, I was really just like, First of all, over the moon, because I think it had been a couple years since I'd done a stage musical. Oh, like really? I just was like, I did like jobs here and there. I did some TV things. I did some commercial work and like had done like workshops, but like hadn't been like on a big stage for like two years. And so I was just really excited to like get to do a show over and over. And also really, I was so excited to get to like create a show from the bottom up with a new cast. And I think that was really exciting to me of like, this whole cast is going to get to come together and we get to make this ours. We don't have to like fit into an existing production, um, which is just really exciting. And so I, I was really excited. I, I wasn't like so excited to leave the city because like I'm married. And so I feel like there was a few shows that I would do that for and Mean Girls was one of them that I would feel like happy to be on the road again. What did you learn from the Wicked tour that helped you prepare to go out on tour with Mean Girls? Um, I mean, I said bring less stuff, but I still brought a ton of stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's like not packing full bags for like a week vacation, like not packing for a month for like a week vacation. I mean, it's literally so hard. Um, I, I think Mark, my husband, Mark and I, we decided to that like, we're going to try to see each other at least once a month. So like either he would fly with Wicked, I could fly back a lot because we had an extra day off in between cities. But for Mean Girls, it was mostly him coming out. I was like, we need to like have that on the books of like scheduled to make sure like for us that that is going to work. Um, I think I also just was like, pace yourself because it's really easy to burn out when on the schedule, especially when like there's no like landmarks for you to like hold on to. There's no like other parts of your life like when you're on the road, like your job is your life and the, your castmates and your work, your coworkers are your only people. It's like, so, so really cultivate those relationships, you know, invest in them and also like rest and do things that are for yourself. So like I would take classes and try to keep myself healthy and sleep when I needed to sleep and do nothing when I needed to do nothing, which I did a lot of that too. 
what was you kind of mentioned rehearsal processes for mm-hmm. girls earlier what was the rehearsal process like building the show for the tour for the ground from the ground up and like getting to like work with everyone on how you all were gonna we're gonna make the show happen on the tour and on the road like it's yeah like a creative process um so uh, Casey, Nicola, and Tina Fey were there for a lot of the rehearsal process. Um, we also had Casey Hushin, the associate director, and um, yeah, and, and so our dance captain also had just come from the Broadway show, so she knew, Michelle knew all the choreography, but they did have like a few tweaks because our stage was a little bit um, shallower, uh, and we had, one, I think we had one less person and okay. then some of the staging things are like a little different. Some of the numbers are a little different, but they came in being like, Olivia, you're on four. So like they knew exactly where everyone is very, very organized. Um, uh, but when we're doing like scene work and stuff, like they know the general outline and the skeleton of everything, but then we just get to play with each other. So like me and Mariah and John Lynn would just like play off each other, try new things, try to make each other laugh. <laughs> um, but it was really fun because the bones were all there, but we got to flesh it out. And there was a few changes that um, were getting put into the show. So like, they would be like, hey, we're going to cut this part and the next to be back in. And then the next day they're like, we're going to change it. We're going to add this part. We're going to take it down a step. We're going to add 16 bars here to do this. We're going to cut this part. So there was a few things like that that they were just testing. Um, and then by the time we opened, they had you know frozen the show that then they implemented on Broadway. like two days before Broadway closed oh my goodness so it's like basically you were kind of creating like the new version you all were kind of creating the new version for Broadway at the same time yeah yeah so like I think by the time the tour had come up they had like been able to like sit watch the show be like okay these are parts we can cut these are parts we need to tweak and so I think they cut like 10 or 15 minutes from the show just like just kind of took some of the air out took streamlined some scenes um that like with or without, I don't think you would necessarily like notice you were gone, but it does feel smoother and faster, <laughs> um, which is great, you know, because so if you don't feel it, then like if it's not helping the show, then it's good to get rid of that. So um, I was glad that they had had time to like think about that for a long time and then get to try some of those changes. And then we got to work on them again and then they got to freeze the show as it is now. And I, I really like what they landed on. Especially because, like, I feel like people who come out on tour maybe don't, aren't musical theater regulars all the time. They're just like, oh, okay, this is a Mean Girls musical. Like, I love the movie Mean Girls, and they want to go see it, like, for, because they love the movie. So it's, like, maybe one of their first musicals they're ever seeing. So it's, like, they want to see something put together, like, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we were able to, like, really put a finer point on and just the show in general, just like fine tune it. So I was really, really proud of like what we got to show the whole country. <laughs> Were you starstruck when you got to see Tina Fey and work with Tina Fey, I have to ask. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like I grew up watching SNL. I still watch SNL regularly. I also was a big 30 Rock fan. And so um, I was like, be normal, be normal, be normal. <laughs> Um, but she is very good at what she does and you know she loves the show she loves Mean Girls like it's something that's very very dear to her and so 
it's nice that she cares so much about this project because I think she wants to make it really great and she she made it awesome so it was it was starstruck um and she was great to work with and I mean and it shows that she loves musical the musical theater scene because of the thing that she just put on on what channel was it NBC oh yeah the one night on Broadway yeah the one night on Broadway so that's cool to work with someone who you idolize who really appreciates musical theater yeah absolutely you know it's not just like this weird side thing it's like something that's really important to her yes so do you think the rehearsal process helped you all when you got out to tour helped you all with the chemistry on stage and with like your like helped you all crack jokes with each other on stage oh absolutely yeah because I mean during rehearsal too there can be a lot of downtime and so you just get to know each other really fast um sometimes in the rehearsal process like you're kind of I mean even in just in the show in general like there's some people that like I just never see during the show because like our characters just like don't cross paths and don't interact and then our backstage paths don't really cross so I've like made like intentional choices to like find them backstage during the show <laughs> and so we like have like our set moments backstage um so definitely in the rehearsal process that's like when Mariah and John Lennon Danny and MK and I, like we all really forged like a, a friendship because we we're all working together really closely. And, and then I feel like once we got the show started, we got to know the ensemble better just because like sometimes it feels very separate because like the ensemble will be like in a rehearsal room dancing while we're in a different room, rehearsal room doing a scene. And for like three weeks, we're kind of just like doing that and then coming together and putting together and then going back to our spots. So um, definitely. Oh, I also knew MK from Wicked. Okay, wait, were you, were you in Wicked with her? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was, at the time, she was the standby on tour. So we'd done the show a lot of times together. Oh, that's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Like you're working with someone you've already worked with before. Yeah, she's honestly, and watching MK work every night is like, so, like, I'm just so glad to be in the, in the gym while she sings, I'd rather be me because it's like a master class every night. I can't believe how good she is. And like for her, she's like, oh, this is easy. It's because she's used to Alphaba. You're like, cool, girl, that's so great. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> happy that's easy for you. Yeah, that's really great. <laughs> Teach me how that's easy for you. Yeah. So you mentioned you were a fan of Mean Girls before when you were, at, when you were in junior high or middle school. Mm -hmm. How did you make the character of Gretchen? I'm sure she's different on this in the stage version, but how did you make the character of Gretchen your own and like not copy what she what how she's played in the movie or how she's been played before on the stage? Right. So I think like the general archetype of a, a Gretchen is like very well known, just like unbelievably insecure and a lot of projecting, yeah. which like a lot of people do. <laughs> I would say like probably most of us have done at some point in our lives. And so like that manifests in so many different ways for different people. And that's something that like definitely wasn't me in high school, but it was absolutely me in like sixth and seventh grade. All I wanted was to be popular. That word was just like popular. Yeah. That's what I want. I just want to be popular. I want to have so many friends. I had one friend in middle school. Her name is Lindsay. We're still friends now. She lives in New York now. We still hang out once in a while. <laughs> Love her. But like her and I, we were just like these two like weird girls. And like all we wanted was to be popular and was so, it makes me sad to like think back at like, why did I even care about wanting people to like me that I didn't even know or like, 
but I, I, under, I understand that place of yearning of just like wanting to be accepted. And so like, there's things I can take from my own life and my own experience, and like put it into Gretchen as a character that like every person has their own personal take on what that meant for them. Um, and I think like, for me, that would be like humor, be funny, laugh, just laugh or like yeah. make it a joke. If someone says something mean, just like pretend that they were joking. Yeah. Right. Like, or you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And I think that the sincerity behind that is where the comedy is for the show too. So as long as like, we can see that she's just trying so hard to like keep all these plates spinning to like be cool, be funny, be pretty. But all she just wants is to be, to be loved, which is yeah. like what we all want. And like the way she deals with that anxiety is hilarious, which is why it's funny. But like, that is a real thing for her and it's not funny to her. Yeah. And so I think if you keep that in a real place, that's when you get something that's like special and unique to you, but also is reminiscent enough of like this, these original archetypes that people know exactly who you are. I, I think that's so important because like the characters, when you think of Mean Girls, you think, yes, comedy, but like, they're also like, they're also humans. All the characters are humans mm -hmm. and they're like, even Karen, when it comes down to it as a human too, like, it, like she might say dumb things, but like, it, like she, she's human and yeah. she, she doesn't know that she's cracking people up and like being funny. Right. Like she doesn't think she's dumb. Yeah. She, she thinks she's a genius. Yeah. She's <laughs> just like a girl that likes to say yes to stuff. Yeah. So I mean, humans. Yeah. And I think that's, that makes it funnier than if you're trying to play someone who's neurotic. Yeah. If you're trying to like dumb down a character. Or yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite line or scene in Mean Girls or both? Um, my favorite line is, <laughs> have you seen it ever? I haven't yet. I'm so okay. sad. So I'm going to like set the scene for you. Basically, this scene is just a scene change, like a set change. But um, uh, Katie and Aaron have just done uh, more is better in the bedroom. So they're having like their little like love moment. And then he like storms out because she says something stupid to him. And then they're going to like need to pull out this house. That, it's like a, a two story set of like her house in her bedroom. Um, and so then like Karen and Gretchen like stumble in drunk and they like lay on the bed and they're like, hi, Katie, like being funny. And then the set piece starts moving back. And then Karen goes, is this room moving? <laughs> and I don't know why, but like every night I, I'm like supposed to be passed out, like laying on the bed. And then like John will just say that line. And I have to just like hold my breath because like, I, I want to laugh every single time because we have this joke that Karen knows she's in a musical. Oh my God. Like that's like her back. That's like a, a gentleman secret, but like sometimes on stage she'll be like, why is everyone dancing? And I'm like, hmm? <laughs> How do you not just like crack up and like break and like break character all the time? Um, we try to be professionals, but honestly it's hard. <laughs> I mean, and I feel like it makes the show even more entertaining for the audience members. I'll, I'll be able to confirm it when I do see it when like stuff out of the ordinary happens every night on stage oh and stuff weird stuff does happen all the time it's and the audience then feels special because they're like mm -hmm. okay well this happened tonight like this girl 
like she broke character during this tonight because oh yeah people it. fall down i fall down <laughs> i people go up online stuff happens and you know what it's just at the end of the day just musical and we're all having a good time yeah. we're just here to have fun and and the audience loves it so it's like you're yeah. doing the audience and honestly well. as an audience member whenever like something like wrong happens on a stage i'm usually like is that a mistake or am i just like missing something yeah. or like do i just not know what the words are like i almost always think it's me as like the audience member so like i never usually feel like bad or guilty or i don't like harp on mistakes because like i'll try again tomorrow but also like they, honestly the audience like never knows yeah it's like you're doing and I always say that when people are like yeah like like sometimes I've like messed up like on a note or something it's like no the audience doesn't they don't hear that honestly if I heard like a bad note like or like a wrong note I'm I might sit there and be like is that just a different choice or do I not know the song oh well and it's already moved on yeah <laughs> most of the time the audience doesn't even hear it most of the time right the and like most people aren't like me and don't have the whole score memorized going in yes exactly <laughs> no one knows i mean true true hmm. what they the probably did know when i fell low <laughs> wait what when was this it was like our very first preview i had these like earrings for whose house and i hadn't practiced enough or I think I had practice, but I'd never really gotten them right, but always got them in at the last second. These like hoop earrings. Um, these like, they're like hearts. So basically they're hearts. And then they had like the little, little clasp where you like put it through your ear and then you have to like click it down. And I just like, couldn't find the click to go down. And so I was like, ah, 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 I don't know what to do with these earrings, but I have to like run on stage because there's like no time. So like I ran on stage and I'm holding these earrings. I'm like, I'm gonna have to hold shot glasses soon. So like in my head, I'm like, what do I do with them? Try to put in my pocket. They sewed my pockets shut. And I was like, ah, and so I try to like run this table, to like throw them on the table. But like, I already don't have hardly enough time to just get where I need to go without going to the table. So of course I was late going to where I needed to go. And sweet Olivia was like, already in her spot and I hit her so hard and I like fell face first onto the ground like <laughs> on, on a on a moment where everyone just was like stop and it's just me going Poof. <laughs> that's amazing the next day they gave me just a little <laughs> they just gave me a little hook that just like sits which is very nice of them but honestly next time if this ever happens to you I just could have stuck that on my shirt I could have put it in so many other places I could have just hooked it on my finger and still held the shot glasses there were so many choices and I made every wrong choice but it happens and you know what? I got to do it again the next day and it was fine hey and you can laugh about it now it happens do you have any other funny moments that I'm sure there's tons that stick out to you on stage so far from Mean Girls tour uh yeah one time I dropped my spoon and like the, there's a scene where like we're at a frozen yogurt place and like we're talking like it's it's Katie and Karen and Gretchen and we're eating frozen yogurt and I dropped the spoon on the ground and I was like oh so like I pick up the spoon on the ground and I like go to like put it back in the fro and I was like she probably wouldn't put the spoon back in the frozen yogurt and all of a sudden I'm just like I think it's been really quiet for like a while <laughs> and like Danny and Jonathan are both staring at me and I was like it's my line <laughs> I have no idea what's happening right now and I was just like I held the spoon and Jonathan literally hit me with her arm she's just like this and I was like I know but I don't know what it is and she almost said my line for me 
because I seriously was like I've gone away and I don't know if I can get back um <laughs> and then I like ran in with a line at the last second but it was one of those things where I'm like you're on stage and you're trying to be a real person of like what would a real person do if you drive your spoon on the ground you're not gonna stick it back yeah. in your yogurt I mean but you know you also have to be listening for your cues and you know what happens and the world went on <laughs> I was gonna say maybe two second rule if it was <laughs> right I mean I'm just like I'm gonna put that on the table <laughs> yeah pro probably the best choice probably the best choice yeah especially because there's so many people like walking on the stage it's gross it was gross yeah and even even pre-covid like yeah no <laughs> no 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 do you have a most memorable I'm sure fans are amazing for the show do you have a most memorable stage door moment so far from this show um let me think Can I give my most memorable fan art? Yes. Okay, because this one just like immediately came to my mind. So, shoot, I need to find out what her handle is, but some amazing person on the internet made like a crocheted Gretchen doll with oh a crocheted chicken purse on it. And then my mother bought it from her and gifted it to me. <laughs> it was so funny because like I'd seen the tag on Instagram I was like oh that's really really funny and then my I like go to see my mom um and she's just like here you go I got you this present and I'm like mom you paid money for fan art of me and I love you so much because I'm so glad I have this oh my goodness that's so special yeah but like the kids at the stage door are amazing like they people were always making like amazing drawings one girl gave us stickers which I'm obsessed with because we have trunks and I love to put stickers on my trunks and they made me she made me like a like a toaster strudel sticker and like uh actually no I shouldn't I shouldn't say she because I don't remember if it was who, who gave it to me maybe it was even mailed someone gave me oh. stickers um, of like a disco ball and a, and a toaster strudel. And I just thought it was so funny that like anyone else looking at this trunk wouldn't know the references, but like, this is between us. Yes. Love that yeah. so much. That's so amazing. Yeah. So for people who haven't gotten to see Mean Girls yet on Broadway or on tour, how would you convince them to come see Mean Girls when, when it, fingers crossed, comes back soon on tour? I mean, I think especially after like the year that we've all had, it's something that is just like fun. There's incredible belting in it, beautiful costumes. It's fast and funny. And like, at the same time, there's some really heartfelt moments. And I just think it's, it's a bit of respite from a world that feels really, really hard and dreary sometimes. And so like, I hopefully, I'm hope, hoping so much that we'll get to get back to it soon because I think the first time getting to be in a theater with like, you know, a thousand people will just be so special just getting to share that with, with everyone. Yeah. I'm fingers crossed because I must see it. <laughs> soon. I was literally not even exaggerating. I was like, oh, I'm going to go like at least like two or three times. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go more, but like <laughs> I'm obsessed with the soundtrack. So it's, it's a great soundtrack, great songs. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a fun show. So speaking of other theater shows, what's your dream role on stage? Um, 
I think as far as like shows that are already in existence, I would love to play Squeaky From in Assassins. Ooh. That's always been a dream of mine. And then this is so random. I like randomly did a show with um, Annie Golden who originated that role on Broadway like when she, I wanted to come out in like the 70s or 80s. Um, she was playing like one of the aunties in uh, Big River when I did it at City Center. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, Annie Golden, because she, you know, she's on Orange is the New Black. She's been in so many things. She's a Broadway legend. But like when I found out that she played Squeaky From, I fangirled her so hard. <laughs> and she was honestly thrilled. And like, I think she kind of loved that that's, that's what I knew her from. And I, she like gave us all like little closing night notes and she wrote like love squeaky on it <laughs> for me how do you like keep your composure as a person when like someone like you idolize like that is working with you oh my gosh it's so hard and I <laughs> honestly most of the time don't <laughs> do you just like tell them like right off the bat that you're a fan of them or do you like keep I I you should do that. You should treat people like your equals, treat them like they're regular people because they are just regular people. But I have been so weird to so many people. But I'm sure they love it too. Like I mean, sometimes, but sometimes not. <laughs> I'm not going to like jump on people who didn't like it, but there was a couple people I had fangirled and they were just like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. They're like, okay, I'm going to go now. And some people are super gracious and I'm just like, I can't stop word vomiting on you. Yeah. I mean, um, and it makes me feel like, so <laughs> I should tell you this. Do, do you, have you ever, um, I got cut from the episodes, like it doesn't even matter, but there was this TV show called Friends from College. And so I, I had like a small part in an episode and it was just me with like the principal casts and they're all like pretty well-known actors. Like I knew who most of them were anyway. And so there's this actress, um, Jaysa Park and she so funny on the show and she's Asian and so her and I were sitting together just like off you know while people other people were shooting stuff and she's telling me about like oh yeah like I have a daughter I'm like oh that's amazing like you're a working mom like someday like I want to do that and she's like well it's really nice like my husband and I like we've mostly been able to make it work that like one of us is home with her while the other one's shooting something and I was like oh it's cool is your husband an actor she's like yeah like oh like what I've seen him in anything she's like yeah he plays the dad and fresh off the boat oh and you're like, I was like Randall Park <laughs> your, husband, your husband is Randall Park <laughs> and it just spiraled into me being like like oh, I'm just really grateful for the representation on this show and you're like so good on the show and your husband is amazing and I love and like she seriously was like like this is so sweet but like she like She's like, ma'am, I don't know what to, what to give you. But I like couldn't, my word vomit. Because it was just like, I was over, already feeling a little bit overwhelmed, like very in awe. And then all of a sudden I was just like, I can't, I can't hold it in. Like, like I mean, if you're a fan of someone's work though, like that, then. You know, you can compliment them. Try, try your hardest to let them get a word in. <laughs> and and, and it is hard sometimes. I also did that to, um. I did that too. I'm not going to name names, but it was multiple people in Once on This Island. Uh, my One of my good friends was friends with some people in the cast. So we were just like hanging out afterwards, like in the theater, just like saying hi to some people. And I couldn't be cool. I mean, when you see people cool. sing like that on stage. I was just like, you're really doing the show. And I'm really a big fan now. And you're so, and I, he's literally, yeah. my throat got tight and I couldn't stop. <laughs> 
no when you see people sing like that on <laughs> on stage it's like I, I honestly wanted to give a standing ovations multiple times during once in the silent on broadway <laughs> like mid-show standing ovations but i was already in standing room or as i would have led that standing ovation are you the person who leads the standing ovations at the end of shows do i oh absolutely absolutely okay because i I, I try to do that all the time at the end of shows. I, yeah. I try to be that person who like stands up first, like right when the curtain goes up. I'm like, I'm like, if you deserve, if you earned this, I'm standing. Yes, exactly. So who inspires you in the theater industry? <laughs> oh my gosh, I want to pick the right, the right person for this. You can pick multiple. Um, yeah. Um, I'll say that the show that like made me want to pursue theater like professionally was In the Heights on Broadway. And so like, I was a big Lynn fan from the second I saw that show. So that was like, I think it had just won some Tony Awards, but like even me being the theater nerd that I was like, I didn't ever watch the Tony Awards growing up. So like, I didn't know what the show was about. I didn't know any of the music. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know anything about Washington Heights, like what it meant. But I think that like I went into that that theater feeling like dark and sad and hard. And I felt like I left the theater feeling softer and more open. And like I watched this story that was about people that I have I have no connection to. Like I don't speak Spanish. I think I missed a lot of the jokes, but like there was something that was so human and beautiful about it that like it inspired me to always be chasing that kind of truth in art and like I think theater is such a powerful medium where like like look if I saw it in the heights today I would have a totally different reaction because of where I am now and it's just like this lens that we get to see our world through yeah and I think it's there's something really magical about sharing that with the people in the audience and the people on stage and how it's going to be different every day because of what has happened that day for you what has happened that day for the world um and so I think that um obviously Lynn would be one of them I mean, he's done, he has some insane credits going on right now. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm so glad that he turned, has, like, really become, like, such an incredible force in the industry because I remember seeing that show and, like, running home, burning the album for all of my friends. That's how old <laughs> I am, okay? I don't know if you know this because you seem young, but, like, back in the day, I, I bought this album, I bought this, the cast album at the, at the theater. Or I paid like $25 for the CD. And then I went home and I burned copies of it, probably legally, and gave them out to all my theater friends because like you guys need to hear this musical. Oh my gosh. That's how I, that's how I was the second after I saw Hades Town on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So um also Avenue Q came out when I was in middle school. It and um I think that Anne Harada had like a huge impact on me that like she was Japanese American like me and she was funny like she was so funny and she's someone that I definitely fangirled we got to work together later and then now we're just actual friends but it took me maybe like two weeks of like awkward smiling in the corner of the rehearsal space before I could be like no we can be we can be actual friends <laughs> okay we, we 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 can talk I think yeah because I think there's something about me that's just like I don't I always crave to be like 
funny and loud and like crass in a way that sometimes I feel like people don't want from me or expect from me. Um, but I just feel like I have like a different energy sometimes than what people are like, oh, look at her headshot. She can be like this sweet ingenue or something like that. And I'm like, no, I want to be like really funny and weird all the time. <laughs> and I just feel like Anne was so funny and weird in that show. And like, she's made a whole career out of just being hilarious and talented. Out of being like not ashamed to be like that funny. Yeah, she like went all the way. She yeah. went to 100, okay? How, how has it felt like, I mean, you've mentioned representation. How has it felt for you to be like that person who's now like in the industry representing people? It's really weird because like I, I literally wrote a paper on this in college and like obviously cited Anne Harada multiple times in the paper. Um, but like, I was really excited to move to New York. I was like ready to do this. And I did this research term paper on like um, ethnic breakdowns for Broadway. And all of a sudden, like I could feel like all the color drained from my face and I'm like, it's bad. It was really bad. Like the statistics that I like, was like looking at, I'm like, just like hard numbers here. Like, this is really sad. And this is back even just like, mm, I think that the data was probably from like, 2010 or something like that um and so I think I had like a pretty like sobering moment of being like this might be really hard for me you know like I I'm not sure like what this will look like I know I'm talented enough to be here I know I want this I know I have the tenacity to like stick with this but like I just know this might be really really hard and sometimes it is but I think there's something that also comes with just like owning who you are like, I can't be anything other than what I am. I can't change what I look like. I can't change what my voice sounds like. And so I think that, like, that, I, I, I'm, like, I don't really care to, like, do King and I a hundred times as my career. Yeah. And I think part of me was, like, do I, am I going to have to do that? <laughs> is that <laughs> the only way for me to be a working actor is to do Miss Saigon over and over and over at every regional theater? Like, like, I think I was a little bit unsure of that going into the career. Like, after I was like, looking at these numbers, I'm like, uh-oh, this could be bad. But I think that we're, like, finally, like, wriggling open a space where, like, especially for TV stuff, like, I feel like I get seen for, like, all sorts of roles for TV. Yeah. All sorts of roles. Stuff that's not even finished being written. So, like, if they want you, they're just going to write it around you. And I think that, like, musical theater, hopefully it was on this way, but like, I was hopefully gonna be able to do that too. Of like, we don't have to like do these things exactly as they've always been done. Um, and I feel really lucky that like, I feel like I haven't been put in a singular box for like my type or for what I look like or for my race. And so um, I have a lot of hope, but obviously it's it's hard sometimes. Cause sometimes you you also have like a weird sense of like, okay, I'm doing this for me. And if I get it, this will open doors for other people. And if I don't get it, it somehow also feels like I'm holding on to that for everyone before me and after me. So there's like, there's a lot of like weird psychological games. And then you also play games of like, you can't always be like, why did you get a job? I don't usually harp on that, but sometimes it, you're like, oh, I got a breakdown. And they said this was for specifically an Asian part or someone who looked like me. And then it goes to like, someone who doesn't look like you and they've just rewritten the part around 
another person, which is sometimes hard to feel, to not take that personally, but um, I do have a lot of hope and it feels weird to like get to be doing jobs that like didn't even exist, like in roles that weren't even written when I was considering what this career would be like. So I'm, I'm hopeful. And I'm sure even if, I'm sure people have already like told you that like, that like you're inspiring them, but like, if not, like I'm sure a bunch of other, a bunch <laughs> of people are going to be like, oh, well, you're an inspiration to me. And you're like, you're the reason that I'm like trying to audition for these roles. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the really, one of the reasons why I do stay on Instagram is because I get sometimes just like really sweet DMs from like theater kids, some of them Asian, some of them not, but like, especially the, the little Asian girls that are in my DMs being like, do you have advice? Like, what can you say? Like, like, do I need to like know every song from King and I and Miss Saigon? And like that, I've had that question multiple times. And I'm like, look, know them. You might do them. People will expect you to just know it. But like, find the things that make you you, like the things that make you unique and the things that seem feel true in your heart of like, if, if King and I is where your heart soars, then absolutely do it. But if you're like, but I feel like for a long time, I was like trying to cram myself into a tough Tim form that like didn't necessarily like was not my center, but I was like, but people are going to want me to do this. And then I did it and it was fun, but I'm like, you know what? Like I'm okay putting that away because I don't think that's where my center is. And like, I can do it. I'm ready to do it. But like, there's other things for me in the industry, I think. And I have to ask, before I wrap things up, I have to ask, you've mentioned acting for TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, How is acting for TV different from acting in the theater? And how has it helped you with theater? Um, This is really hard because like, I didn't train in film acting at all. And when you get like a TV job, like it might shoot for like one day. So like, even if you do like a bunch of jobs and I feel like I've gotten to be like small parts on a bunch of different TV shows, like sometimes like, I think the longest I've ever been on a set is like three days. So <laughs> versus yeah. when you get a theater job, it could be a whole year, every day, eight shows a week. So the ex- like, I don't feel particularly like experienced in film acting, but it is something that's very exciting. And like, it's a totally different world, it's just like, how many people are there, the budgets, like depending on what kind of show or movie you're working on. Um, And I kind of just have had to learn while doing it, which is kind of weird because I feel like I had so much preparation for like theater and stage acting. Um, And then there's like so many technical things about film acting that like I was just messing up constantly. And then finally someone pulled me aside, like one of the principal actors, like one of the regulars is like, you have to walk to your spot. See that piece of tape on the ground? They put that there for you to go to it. And I just like, didn't know that. Oh, okay. Right? Because like, no one told me. (laughs) Hey, but you're, but you're learning. Right. So I feel like it's different. If if a camera is like this close to your face, you can be a lot more subtle. Yeah. You know, one move of your eyebrow is all you need for something versus like on, on stage, you might I don't know, do something crazy or something more physical because you have to go to the back of the third balcony. So, you know, still figuring it out. <laughs> but it is super different. And if, if you or anyone listening is interested in film acting, I'm probably not like the best person to ask because I'm still very new, but there's plenty of teachers and stuff of people out there who know a lot more than I do. 
but I'm sure it's helped you with stage acting and like I'm sure you've picked stuff up yeah I think that's like helped with Mean Girls helped with Wicked yeah I mean all of it's fun and I would love to do more film acting too (laughs) I love that well I'm I mean I feel like we're definitely gonna see you in more so on (laughs) on stage and on tv and film so let's hope what are you most excited about when live theater is able to return? Um, I think I'm just excited to be in a room with a couple thousand people safely. I think that'll be like a really exhilarating and like emotional moment. <laughs> and it's funny, it's a moment that I actually have like frequent dreams slash nightmares about. <laughs> of like literally like, oh my gosh, we have to like do the show again, but we haven't had any rehearsal or like, we're doing the show, but I'm not wearing a mask or like just like what that will feel like, because I think we're all collectively have this like traumatic thing that's all happened to us. And so I think when we can gather together safely and like be together, I think just feeling each other's energy. Like I think there's just something really special about all of our physical bodies being in the same location, experiencing something together. So I'm, I think I'm really excited for that. It's going to be crazy and it's going to feel so surreal. Yeah. Back. So you mentioned earlier, you've kind of been teaching. It's maybe not your favorite thing to do, but you've still done it. So mm-hmm. do you have anything, where can people like find you if they want to learn from you? And if they want to like learn those real life experiences you've had and where can people sign up to? Um, learn from you? I think, hold on. I think that I have an account on Broadway plus. I think I signed up for one a long time ago. So I'm sure it's probably still there. I'm doing like a Broadway plus like private thing where like, I don't even know how, how it all exactly works. But it's like, if if you wanted to be like, I need Megan Masako Haley, you can find me on Broadway plus. Um, Honestly, just send me a DM if you, if if someone wanted to, I guess. But I I, I tend to check my, my DMs like once a day. But sometimes I don't always respond because I don't know. It's a lot. But I'm sure people would want to learn from you in the industry. <laughs> and there's so much time on people's hands. It's like, since they aren't going to school in person, it's like Zoom is so special. And to be able to connect with people in the industry on Zoom, it's like something that's never happened really before. Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking, like, if I could have, like, Zoomed with Leia Salonga in middle school, I think, like, my whole world would have been different. I don't know how. But, yeah. You know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. Yes, and, it, and, and I mean, that's how people are feeling right now, I feel like. That's how. The- yeah, I just, like, can't believe there's, like, access. And there's just, like, all these things set up of, like, hey, if you want to have, like, a private lesson with Mariah Rose Faith, you can do it. And, like, kids do it. Yep. Yep. She's also such a freak. Her voice is unbelievable. (laughs) I don't understand how it works, but I swear to you, she's whatever she's teaching, learn it because that's what you want to sound like. I mean, I don't understand how any of you all do what you do. (laughs) So it's insane to me. And I appreciate like theater actors and actresses so much. Do you have anything else that you've been working on, whether it's theater related or not, that you'd want to promote? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I don't, I haven't been working on like my own things that I 
can promote. So no, but I highly recommend um, Pokemon Go. That's been keeping me really busy. Oh, I've been doing like Home Chef. So like, that's not my own personal project, but I'm like, if you're feeling sad, try learning to cook. I really didn't think I could do it, but now I've been doing it. So hey, those are things that have been bringing me joy. Also podcasts. Yes. So I'm a podcast girl. I mean, it, it's fun during this time to find new things and to find like new things to listen to, to find new hobbies. Yeah. And new things that you can be good at. Like, as you <laughs> mentioned, cooking. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea I could cook. Well, I'm proud of you for take for for cooking because like I'm still scared too. I'm still scared I'm gonna burn down the house. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media for more inspiration and just to keep up with you? Yeah, um I'm on Instagram at Megan Masako. I think it's also same on TikTok and same on Twitter. I mostly just retweet political things on Twitter. So if that's what you're into, come on over. I just restarted my TikTok like yesterday. Ooh, love it. Love it. So, check you're, it out. We'll be part of the next TikTok musical. Oh my gosh. There's been a whole musical movement since I left TikTok and came back. Yes. So, I mean, we'll see you in a future one probably. Uh, I mean, probably. Fingers yes. Crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. I'm going to work on it. Yes. So, well, thank you for coming on and talking to me on this today. Thank you, Becca. This is so fun. Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!